Amen. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. Jesus said in his earthly life, he said, He who seeks to save his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. When you choose to go Christ's path and you choose to set aside your own way to turn from sin and to follow Jesus, you're on a different path and you find what life is all about. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He is the life. When you know Jesus, you know the life. And he supplies the deepest needs of the heart. That's why he can bring abundant life. The scripture we're going to look at today deals with uh, the idea of choosing between two paths. Solomon is giving counsel to his son. Uh, and he's saying, look, my son, don't forget my teaching. And he's giving him some, some different examples of what he means um, and he's encouraging his son to choose the path of life, to choose God's path. And we know that in these New Testament days, you cannot choose God's path without choosing Jesus Christ because he is the life. And so in following this wisdom, Solomon is saying, hey, I want you to choose a better path. I want you to choose God's path, and he's giving them some specific ways he can do that. And that's what we need to do as God's people is to choose God's path. Uh, if you're on God's path, praise God for it and continue to choose that path. But if you're not on God's path, I can think of no greater thing to choose to do in the new year than to choose God's path for your life. And so that is the title of my message, Choosing a Better Path. And let's read this scripture together in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. For they will bring you many days of full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know Him, and He will make your paths straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights. Happy is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and her revenue is better than gold. Choosing a better path. How can we choose a better path? Well, of course, we've already mentioned uh, putting your faith and trust in Jesus as the first step in choosing a better path. 
But aside from that, I want you to see in verse 1, we can choose to follow wisdom. Uh, in verse 1, he says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. One of the best ways to choose a better path is to follow the wisdom of God's Word and godly people. To follow the wisdom of God's Word and godly people in your life. Uh, if you have godly parents, can I tell you something? You have a great blessing. Uh, and you need to listen to the counsel uh, that they provide as it comes from God's Word. I love what Paul said in, in the New Testament. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So one of the conditions for, for receiving wise counsel is it needs to come from someone who is following Christ. Because we're not talking about the world's wisdom. We're talking about God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is understood by God's people who are walking in God's way. So listening to that good kind of godly counsel can truly make a difference. Solomon counsels his son. He says, don't forget my teaching. Uh, let your heart keep my commands. It will make all the difference in your life if you will listen to this godly wisdom. Oh, how our world needs the godly wisdom that God provides. I want you to know the wisdom God provides is found in His Word. Uh, it is also found in people who have grown uh, spiritually and have learned to walk in the Spirit of God. And as you listen to these people, it can help you in life. But then we also need to consider, we need to be those who are sharing God's wisdom, don't we? Uh, if you know Christ and you've grown spiritually and you uh, can look, follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, as you can speak into somebody's life, you can make all the difference in somebody's life. I remember uh, years ago, uh, I met with some uh, preachers to pray and and one of them had dealt with, a. there was a problem in his church, and there was a man who was upset with him. And another pastor gave him some godly counsel, and he said, why don't you go to that man and say, hey, would you come to my office and let's talk about this? And, uh, and he did, and, and uh, he, said, he said, listen, he said, when you, when you talk to this man, say, hey, um, what, what's on your heart? Let me hear what's on your heart. He says, said, let, me, let me tell you, uh, I want to be a good pastor to you. Can we both pray? that God will help me be a good pastor to you. And so that young, young pastor followed his advice, and he went. And the next week when we got together, he shared. He said, he said I did what you suggested, and my relationship with that man is restored. And uh, we have a great relationship now. And through just some simple, godly, wise counsel, God set that man's uh, path back in the right way and helped that church greatly and prevented division. So choosing a better path, how? Well, choose to follow wisdom. Secondly, to choose a better path, choose faithfulness. Choose faithfulness. Uh, my translation says, never let loyalty and faithfulness lead you. Literally, the Hebrew text says, never let faithfulness and truth leave you. So faithfulness is this idea of being trustworthy, right? That means you are living with integrity. You say what you, you're going to do, and then you do it, right? Uh, you're honest in your dealings with others. Uh, you're faithful in your service 
to the Lord. Uh, persisting in what you know that God has called you to do. That's faithfulness. And as you live out faithfulness in your life, people will learn that they can rely upon you, they will trust you, and you will be honored by others in your community, but especially you will be honored by God. And so faithfulness is a wonderful thing to follow in choosing God's path. Many people in the world are not faithful. They say one thing and do another. Uh, you can't depend on them for anything. Uh, and, and you realize, hey, I can't trust this person. I can't rely upon this person. Let it not be said of a child of God that we're not faithful. But in the filling of the Holy Spirit, what is the fruit of the Spirit? One of the fruits of the Spirit is faithfulness. And so we can live faithful lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. So part of being faithful is being careful what you say, right? Don't promise what you can't deliver. Don't make a foolish vow, right? Uh, don't say something that you know you'll struggle to fulfill or you may forget to fulfill. If you're going to do something, be faithful. Say it and do it. That's God's path. Aren't you glad that God is faithful to his promises? There's not one promise that God has ever shirked. There's nothing that he has ever said that he was going to do that he didn't do. God is absolutely completely faithful and that's why we can trust him we can trust him with our lives listen there have been times that I have doubted God's faithfulness but can I tell you something over the years I've seen even in those times where I've doubted God's faithfulness God was with me all the time I may not have seen it at that moment I may not have understood my circumstance but God was right there with me in the middle of it and he carried me through he's faithful oh how faithful he is he's good Sometimes you got to go in the same direction for a while in serving God before you see the full fruit of it. But can I tell you something? God is faithful. Praise His name. And as His people, we need to choose faithfulness and be on His path. So choosing a better faith, a better path, how? You can follow wisdom. You can choose faithfulness. You need to speak truth. Look at verse 3. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you, or literally faithfulness and truth leave you. So speak truth. Okay, this can be, can deal with honesty. Okay, uh, speaking what is true, but it can also involve sharing the truths of God's word. Now I'll tell you, the the honest people in the world have reduced. I think over the years of my life. But the people that share God's truth have, have, uh, have reduced even more. Uh, how desperately our culture, we've got a culture that doesn't know uh, right from wrong. We've got a culture that's confused about everything. How desperately we need God's people to speak truth into the lives of this culture that we live in today. Uh, this is God's path. Um, God told the early church, he says, Jesus says, you will receive power after the Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. God has not called us to sit on our blessed assurance. God has called us to speak the truth in love. Listen, I'm going to say, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
We better be talking about the truths of God's Word in our homes, with our children, with our grandchildren, uh, imparting the truth and the wisdom of God to another generation. We better do it or we'll lose this, this country. We better be speaking truth in the school systems. Yes, I know uh, that there are, are those who stand against that, but we need to speak the truth in the school system. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you're a teenager, if you're a, a child going to school, speak the truth of God's Word. And let the wisdom of God be spread in our schools. We better be speaking about the truth in our workplaces and not taking the boss's time. But in those times where we can converse, maybe at a break time or something like that, we need to be speaking the truth of God's word. The truth is the hope for America. The truth is the hope for your family. And the truth is the hope for you. And it's the hope for me. So... If you want to follow God's path, if you choose God's path, follow wisdom. Choose faithfulness. Speak truth. Trust God. <clears throat> trust, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him or acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. You could also translate that, he will direct your path. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We can trust God and we're called to trust God and not to lean on our own understanding. Listen, I believe we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God, right? Uh, I try to prepare for my messages and so forth. Uh, I don't believe there's anything wrong with education. And I don't think there's anything wrong with learning from one another. But can I tell you something? Too often in our culture, we start trusting in men rather than trusting in God. And that's wrong. We're to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. Did you know sometimes what I think is wrong and sometimes what you think is wrong? Did you know that? I know that may be a shock to some of you. But uh, it is true. All of us are mistaken about something. And if I want to live a life that is marked by God's wisdom, I need to start with trusting Him more than I trust myself. Trusting Him more than I trust others. Right? It's amazing to me uh, how much people will say, well, yes, I know God's Word says that, but... And they give the reason they're not going to follow it. Well, yes, I know God wants me to do that, but. And they give the reason why they're not going to obey. But you see, God knows better than we do. You know, I, I, I could remember early on in my life, I thought I knew the way my life needed to go. I had it all figured out, right? When you're, when you're 20 or so, you can, you can have life all figured out, right? And then you, uh, but I, I thought I had life figured out. This is what I want. This is the direction I'm going. God took me a completely different direction, and I'm glad he did. And what I've realized over the years is that God knew better what I needed than I knew myself. God knew what was best for me more than I knew for myself. And as I followed his path, how greatly he has blessed me in doing so. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. I love what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup, that is the cup of God's wrath, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Was it a, an easy path? No. It was the most difficult path a man ever walked. But oh, the blessing that came from that simple trust in the Father as Jesus willingly went to the cross for us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely or lean on your own understanding. So choosing a better path, choosing God's path, follow wisdom, choose faithfulness, speak truth, trust God, give honor. What does it mean to give honor? It's to treat something as though it were weighty or important. Okay, How do you treat God as though he's weighty or important in your life? You give. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. In other words, with everything you have, give God the best that you have. Give him first, above all, what you have. And then God will reward you. Verse 10 talks about the blessing that God brings to those who honor him with their wealth. We talk about tithes and offerings, and um, I, I believe the tithe is biblical. It was actually before the law. Uh, uh, Jacob gave a tenth as he came back uh, from working with Laban, uh, and, and the, the tithe has been a, a first step, that 10% of what you make in giving to the Lord as a first step. But the Bible talks about tithes and offerings. So we give as the Spirit gives, we give to the work of the Lord, but not just to the work of the Lord, but to whomever God might lead us to give. Jesus said, inasmuch as you have done it under one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. You give to help somebody in need as the Spirit of God leads you, you've done it for Christ. Uh, you give of your time and your resources to the kingdom of God. You've done it for Christ. Whatever you do for others, you do for Christ. You honor God with your resources. Now, Jesus talked about the Pharisees. He says, you give a tithe of mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, and mercy, and so forth. So apparently this, uh, this uh, tithing was important, but it was not the only thing. That God was more concerned about the matters of the heart. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I do believe tithing is a discipleship issue. I don't believe you'll grow in Christ the way you should grow in Christ without being obedient in your giving. So, um, and by the way, just so you know, we've got a finance committee here at this church who comes up with a budget. I'm not doing this so I get a fatter salary, okay? I know that's what people think a lot of the time. No, I, I truly believe. Listen, I've done it. My parents trained me. When I started getting a dollar allowance, you, you can't buy hardly anything with a dollar anymore. I remember I used to get a dollar allowance, and my parents taught me. They gave us ten dimes, and they said, you always give one dime to Christ. And they taught me from an early age to be obedient in giving. And I'm so grateful for that. 
uh, God has, has blessed. And, and by the way, did you know that uh, in, in the New Testament, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 1 Corinthians, no, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, talks about the fact that when you give to others and you are obedient and you're giving to God, he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So my giving affects my spiritual growth. My giving uh, affects how I thrive and how I do well in my walk with God. So it's important. But it is also a way to give honor to God. And, and I, we could never repay God for what he's done for us, right? He gave the greatest gift. He gave his son. And Jesus gave his all. He died on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven our sins, buried in the sea of forgetfulness. We could have a hope and a future that Jesus is coming one day and is going to take us to heaven where there's no sorrow or crying or pain. We could never repay what he has done for us, but we can honor him and make much of who he is through our pocketbook. That's God's path. So choosing a better path. How do you do it? You can follow wisdom. Choose faithfulness. Speak truth. Trust God. Give honor. Consider discipline. Verses 11 and 12. Uh, he says, do not despise the Lord's instruction or discipline, my son. Do not loathe his discipline, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights. Consider Discipline. Uh, there are two errors with the issue of discipline that Christians generally make. One is to believe that God is waiting for them to mess up so he can pounce on them. God is not waiting for you to mess up. If you are covered by the blood of Jesus, can I tell you something? You're accepted in the beloved. God loves you. He is for you. He's not waiting to get you and give you what you deserve. I, I used to believe that. I was... I, Maybe, I, maybe I, I'm sure I heard messages to a different, a different way, but uh, I used to believe that when I was young in my faith, that God was waiting. I, I was just going to mess up, and that would be it, and God would finally give me what I deserve. But that's not the way God works. God has given, if you know Christ, if you have repented and put your trust in Christ, all of the, the sin that you have ever committed or would commit has been placed upon Christ. Christ died for it. The price is already paid. The wrath of God, he's the propitiation for our sins. The wrath of God was carried up, out upon him in our place. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't have to fear God. I can go to the throne of God boldly. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. <laughs> so one area is to believe that God is always out to get you. The other area is, is to believe that God won't discipline you if you're in a path of sin. He will discipline you. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. By the way, if you don't believe that's a New Testament issue, look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. But this is not discipline to give us what we deserve. This is God giving us enough pressure in our lives to cause us to change our path. And that is done in love. It is done so that we can partake in the life of Christ, that we can live a life of righteousness, which is the blessed life, which is the good life. 
which is the joyful life. God has our best interest at heart. But we need not make the mistake that if we're continuing in a path of sin, that God will not discipline us. I think some Christians today don't even have discipline on their radar. They don't even think about it. It never occurs to them. Perhaps I'm having all this trouble in my life because I'm, I'm away from God. I'm following a sinful path. It, they never connect the dots between the two things. And listen, that's a mistake. As a child of God, what you will find, God is quick to forgive. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When genuine repentance comes, God, I love what David says, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. But if God knows we're persisting in a sinful path, God will do what it takes to turn us from it. It begins with mild discipline. You look at Israel. Look at the, the way God dealt with Israel in history uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, the discipline began with mild things. There were, there were problems, maybe headaches, but not, not a huge deal. Then they got a little bit tougher. Then they got a little bit tougher. Then they got a little bit tougher until finally they're in captivity. Why? So that God could restore them. God told them, he said, you're going you're gonna, to uh, disobey my law. You're going you're gonna, to uh, wander from me, and you will ultimately be in captivity. But if you will turn in captivity, if you'll call upon my name and you'll repent, I'll once again restore you. Did you know that's God's heart for you and me? To restore us and refresh us. Now, uh, I like to think that, you know, before God has to get the two-by-four to knock me over the head, I might respond to the mild discipline, right? I, that's what I want to do. And I'll say, God, Lord, help me respond to the mild discipline because I don't want to go to the path of the harsh discipline. Uh, so um, consider discipline. Uh, it is something that we need to, if we want to live God's path. Um, listen, and by the way, let me just say one more thing about that. I'm grateful for God's discipline. You say, well, I ought to serve God because I love him. Well, you're absolutely right. You ought to serve God because you love him. But let's be honest. There are times where you're not loving God the way you should, and there are times I'm not loving God the way I should. And I'm grateful that in the background I know that there's a God who will discipline me, right? I remember when I was a little boy, I used to hate to hear these words. I'm going to tell your daddy when he gets home. I knew that things were not going to be pleasant for me. And, uh, and so oftentimes my mother would say, do you want me to tell your daddy when he gets home? That was high motivation for me. And I would straighten up and I, I, I would change my course because I knew when dad got home, things were not going to be pleasant. By the way, let me just say this. I know in our culture, spanking has fallen out of favor, and I don't believe in abusing kids and hurting kids, but there's some cushion on the rear end, and a little bit of sting on the rear end can save a whole world of trouble for a child if a, if a parent will be faithful in applying that discipline. Uh, that's what God does for us, and he does it because he loves us. All right, so choosing a better path. How? You can follow wisdom, choose faithfulness, speak truth, trust God, give honor 
consider discipline, value wisdom. Look at verses 13 and 14. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is better than gold. Did you know there's a lot of rich people who are miserable? There's a lot of rich people who are absolutely miserable. Why? Because money doesn't satisfy the soul. Jesus satisfies the soul. Um, it, but I love the fact that he says, look, wisdom is so important. He's telling his son, wisdom is so important. It, listen, if you've got a pile of gold over here and you've got a Bible over here, you choose the Bible over time. That's how important it is. That's how valuable it is. You value wisdom. I just about lost it. We were uh, doing a training for uh, preschool workers. Uh, this has been a number of years ago. And this lady talked about how they would get these little Bibles for their preschoolers. And uh, they would teach them. And, and she gave this example of one of her teachers. And she said, she said, she was talking to this little girl. And, and this little girl is maybe, uh, you know, I don't know, two, three years old, something like that. And she's talking to her, oh, this is such a special book. This is such an important book. And, and uh, God gave this to us to tell us how much he loves us. And she's going on and on about this. And the little girl just takes the, takes the Bible. She puts it up to her head like this and goes like this. Everything I, you can tell, everything I could do to keep from busting out crying. Listen, I want to tell you, that's what it's all about. Value wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of the Lord, as we are under the new covenant, is expressed in turning to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, if you're here today, I'm going to tell you the best decision you could ever make is to give your life to Jesus Christ. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. I discovered that as a young boy, I was 11 years old, I didn't want to give up. I thought, well, I might be missing out on something. If I actually give my life to Jesus, I might be missing out on some things. And I just did not want to do it, and I resisted it. And God continued to deal with me. And I remember that day when I, found, I came to the altar, and I'm sitting here, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Would you help me truly to surrender my life to you? And he did help me, and I did surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. My life began that day. I haven't missed anything uh, that uh, is good. Did you know every good and perfect gift comes from above? That's what the Scripture says. Every good gift comes from Jesus. I surrendered my life to him and trusted him, and I've never been the same. Can I encourage you to do that today if you don't know Jesus? Get on his path. Make that choice today. If you're a child of God and you already know Jesus, maybe you have drifted from his path of wisdom, and you need to come to this altar and say, Lord, forgive me for this sin I've been pursuing, uh, and I confess it, I repent of it. Uh, you can do that here this morning. Uh, maybe you're here and you just need to take some steps to be, maybe you need to be in the Word of God and say, Lord, I've been neglecting your Word. I need to be pursuing and valuing wisdom in my life. Uh, and I'm choosing to, to set aside some time for you each day to pursue your wisdom in this new year. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your will.
and your word, and we thank you for the wisdom that you've provided us. And Lord, help us respond to you right now uh, in the specific ways you desire us to respond. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.